Amen. Good morning. Oh, that sounded pretty good this morning. Let's do it once again. Good morning. Wow. I can't wait till the singing comes today. We're going to have a great time in here. Let's pray together as we begin this service. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you, thanking you for the day that you've given us, thanking you that you've allowed us to assemble here in your place once again. And Lord, when we assemble here in your place, we're assembling with you. So Lord, I pray everything said, done, every action will be in accordance with your will today. Lord, we're just thankful for the place that you have brought us through. We are here today for the express purpose of worshiping the Lord Jesus, the crying out to our Father. So Lord, I pray that you would bind the evil one from this place, that you would cover us with your blood, show us your mercy and your will. We love you and we thank you for loving us in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, I'd like to recognize Brother Kenny. Well, good morning, church. So good to see each of you today. Pastor Search Team asked if I would just share a little bit of what I shared Sunday evening at the Compass meeting. And let me first uh, say this. You as a church should be really, really proud of your Pastor Search Team, the way they conducted themselves, uh, their prayer. Uh, they trusted God's time and God's timing. And, uh, and so I just would love for you just one more time, show your appreciation to that pastor search team. Amen. Amen. Some godly men and some godly women on that team. Um, you know, almost a year ago, well, really, uh, almost a year ago, uh, the Lord opened up the door to come and to share with you as a transitional pastor, which is a just a... Um, a glorified term that uh, interim. Y'all, you're familiar with interim, right? And so, so that's that's we're kind of jazzing it all up a little bit, and and uh, I really felt like the Lord was in that. I'd met Brother Scott, and uh, we'd spent some time together, and he was sharing with me just uh, kind of what was going on in the church, and and. Um, so I came home and told Pat, I said, you know, I don't, I don't know this for a fact, but in my heart, I really feel like the Lord's going to open up a door for us to be a part of a transition opportunity at Poplar Springs. And sure enough, God did do that, and we're very thankful for that. But I must be completely honest with you, I did what you're not supposed to do as a transitional pastor, and that's I fell in love with y'all. And probably four or five months into it, we were riding home back to Columbia, and Pat said, I just want to tell you, your, your preaching has changed. Well, that just got all over me, all right? My redneck started to come out, and I thought, what do you mean my preaching's changed? She said, well, when we first came to Poplar Springs, you always phrased everything you. But I've noticed the last several weeks, you're phrasing it we. Is something going on? And we had a very honest conversation about that. And I, I, I just don't have time this morning to kind of fill all the details in. But we truly believe this is, uh, I, I do want to read one, one quick passage. Because this is really what God used to really speak to me about speaking to the pastor search team. So passing by Mysia, they went to Troas, 
And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, Come over here to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So that is a passage that God used. I believe God always confirms his will through his word. And that's the word that God gave me. And we began to have conversation, had two very uh, honest conversations. And, and um, I know that that team did their due diligence. And I, I praise the Lord for that. I praise God for his time. And I praise God for his timing. And so um, the pastor church team is in agreement. Pat and I in agreement. Your finance team, personnel, deacons, I mean, we, we just see this as a God thing. And then today, the church gets to speak to that. So you need to know something. I do believe in congregationalism. So I, I am happy to submit myself to the body. And whatever God does through the body this morning, we will receive it from the hand of the Lord, Right? Whatever that is, we will receive it from the hand of the Lord. And so just, just for clarity's sake, I've already talked to my boss. Many of you know I, I'm a director with the South Carolina Baptist Convention, director of pastoral care and church development. But uh, I've already verbally submitted uh, my resignation there. So my last day is going to be February the 15th. I'll no longer be an employee of the Southern Baptist Convention. Thank God for the opportunity. It's been a great experience. Um, but if God calls me to pastor here, this is where my heart's going to be, right? This is where my heart's going to be. So, so I want to be here. And, and when I say here, we want to move here. And so if the Lord wills that the vote is positive today, we want to be here. We don't want to be in Columbia. We don't want to be too far away. I know that could be a little bit of a challenge, but we want to be in the community. We want to be here. And so I just wanted you to hear my heart. And uh, uh, to be honest with you, whatever happens today is not the best part of today. The best part of the day is going to happen in about five minutes because we're going to baptize, right? That's the best thing that's going to happen today. And so um, I'm going to dismiss myself, and I'm getting into my baptizing clothes, all right? <laughs> and so, Brother Scott, you come. So, so he's going to be on the horse today. He's got to go. But at this time, I'd like to recognize Bud Babb, our moderator, who's in the back, if you would come. Some of you have already picked up your ballots out there. If you have not, it's okay. You don't need to hear the rest of me. Just go out there and sign up and get it. And then the um, fellows are going to come around and pick those ballots up, get them all together, and we're going down to count those and give you the results at the very end uh, of the service today. Uh, Rick Thompson, chairman, 
deacons and me, the moderator, and a co-moderator, Jerry Jones, will be the ones who are counting those ballots. So it's not bad if, for you to get up and go get your ballots if you want to, if you've not already done so. I'm gonna make a couple more compliments, uh, comments, excuse me. This is, seems very obvious that we're making a very important today thing on the vote for a new pastor. The process has been brought us to this important today. And it's been a long process. The pastor search team has spent literally untold hours reading over at least 100, I think some about 140 resumes, uh, listening for hours to uh, sermons, um, trial sermons, and on and on and on. That was then brought on to um, the church council and also to the personnel committee who all went through that process to hear what their process was to come to where we are today to recommend. They actually made a, a nomination that was second prior to this, and today it's down to the voting. So um, you need to sign up, get that down there uh, outside. This is my personal point here for what it's worth. And if you don't like it or whatever, reduce my salary. <laughs> you know, I've been here since the 60s. Jerry Jones told me he thought I was older than he was, and that's not true. <laughs> but I have been, anyway. Uh, some things that I personally know that Ken is a great preacher. He really is. I've heard enough sermons already to not have to have him a trial sermon. I know he has more than just a good preacher. He has a lot of knowledge and skills. Um, great person, people kind of guy. And I think the Lord has sent him here. Dale is seeing this. I didn't mean to get emotional, but anyway, we need your votes out there, please, if you have not. The guys are going to take those up here, as I said a moment ago, and we'll go, go count, and at the end of, the no, end of the, this hour, we'll know the result. Thank you. Ballots and our men will come down to receive those ballots.
there. All ballots collected. Anybody else got a ballot? Amen. I believe we have them all. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Well, this is also Sacrifice Sunday, and so we're going to have um, our Sacrifice Sunday in gathering, and our church council would ask us for this to go towards renovating the uh, foyer, the entrance area to our church. It's been uh, over 20 years or 20 years since it's been updated, and it is dated, and so uh, we're going to look to do that, and there'll be some folks asked to go around and see what that, that looks like in other places. So today will be um, the first of sacrifice offerings to help with that. So at this time, I'm going to ask Susan, if you'll play, if you have your offerings prepared, you can bring them to the baskets here on the platform. And choir, you may make your way to the choir loft as we, as we do this. know of a better thing that the church could ever be a part of than watching people come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And what is so special about this particular testimony is that mom and dad got to lead their daughter to Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Amen. I just can't think of a, a, a better thing in all of the world. And so this morning, I want you to celebrate with me. This is Raven Bribble. Her parents are Jonathan and Allison. And uh, a quick, quick story. It's kind of neat. 
many years ago, uh, I officiated their wedding ceremony. And to think to fast forward that the Lord would give me the opportunity to baptize their daughter. And so Raven, I know that you are trusting Jesus, right? And you know that when you prayed to receive him, he came to be real in your life. You're not ashamed of that, are you? Amen. Amen. Raven, upon your profession of faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you today, my sister, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in the likeness of his death, raised with Christ in the likeness of his glorious resurrection. Amen. Nothing you have family with you. Why don't you tell me who your family is, who you have with you today? Amen. Can we just welcome them today? So we have a thing that we say, and it's this. See if you remember. God is good, and all the time. And he's not just good, he's not just great, he's greater than great.
choir for your faithfulness and and we have rehearsal today at five o'clock and we'd love to have some of you with us and uh, we'll sound even better if you join us and we hope that you will well we've got a lot of things going on there's a lot of moving parts to the service today in case you don't know that but we're going to have one now that's a maybe perhaps a bit of a surprise because you know for those of us who do this vocationally that we do this um, as what we do every day of our lives we are thrilled beyond measure when God raises up people from the laity of the church which by the way I think that's a Christ model that you raise people up from within the church to become the leaders tomorrow and the day after but sometimes God will do that and he'll allow somebody to step up to the plate he'll allow them to serve the church in a lay capacity for for years some I, I had a in our first church when we were first married I had a little guy his name was Guy S. Porter he was about this tall he had a wife that was also about that tall and everybody called them Guy, um, Big Daddy and Big Mama and uh, they were the kind of people that they just he served in every capacity in that church that a lay person could possibly do and we have people like that in our church that have served for a long long time some of those people are entrusted with all kinds of things we have somebody in our midst in our church who've been entrusted he's been entrusted with our finances for a long time he's also been entrusted with chairing the team that would bring us God's pastor for us so Mark if you'd come over here my friend I want to do this I know you don't know this let's give him a hand because he's going to hit me in a minute probably so this this plaque just says it has our logo on the top and it says, presented to Mark Brown in appreciation for 30 years of faithful and dedicated service as church treasurer, Poplar Springs Baptist Church, 1992 to 2022. And he's now the assistant, and he's also chairman of the finance team. So keep that money coming. We're just excited <laughs> that Mark will be able to do that. And I got to tell you, I think he's chaired this team that uh, has completed their work today and also done it well God did it I know that but he has been a true friend to all of us who have served here those here now those who have come so let's give Mark a hand God bless you and if you want to say anything you can no. <laughs> yeah absolutely No, just remain standing. We're going to sing now. I'm glad you got. I'm glad you got on your feet. Praise the Lord. Your great name, all kind of 
Sins they are many, His mercy. 
Thank you, Brother Scott, praise team, church. Thank you for just um, sharing together in a time of worship and song. I've, I've got an interesting passage that I, I want to use. Interesting because it's not a, an unfamiliar passage. I think it's probably a very familiar passage. But to kind of set the tone for our time around the Lord's table today. Um, I mean, think about it. Today we got to experience baptism, believer's baptism, and we're going to get to sit around the Lord's table together and think about what Jesus has done for us. And I want you to think about two words, all right? Here are the two words, fellowship, forgiveness. So what are the two words? Fellowship and what? Forgiveness. Look with me very quickly in 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. Sometimes I think we read a passage like this, and the first thing we think of is, you know, if God is holy, then we can be holy. And I do believe that. I do believe that we have a morally pure God. He's unblemished, unstained. And, and the scriptures do give us instructions. They do give us teaching about how that we can keep ourselves pure and clean, blameless. We can exercise self-control. We believe that those things are spiritual gifts and spiritual fruit. And, but, but I believe this passage has a lot more than just that. Listen to these familiar words. This is the message we've heard him and proclaim to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So this text kind of brings about two very clear distinctions. There's light and there's darkness. And so the light is biblical truth, right? Darkness is false teaching and error. So evidently, John was experiencing some, some of this in the church there. And so he's drawing a distinction between God the Father and our enemy, and he's, he's, he uses light and darkness. And so this morning, I want you to think about light being part of confession. One of the things that we're going to do this morning before we gather around the table is that we should have a time of confession, right? To be sure that our hearts are ready and clean and, and ready to, to, to join together in the spiritual feast that we call communion. Too many times I think we do ourselves a misjustice in our spiritual growth by not understanding and emphasizing the confession of sin. Now, I guarantee you the first thing you thought of is we confess our sin to God. And to that I say amen. Absolutely, we confess our sin to God. But would it surprise you if God had orchestrated it in such a way that not only does he want us to confess our sin to him, he's made it possible that we could confess our sin one to another. Now, 
Now, that just didn't sit real well, did it? Now, here's what I'm not saying, and I don't think this is what the Scripture's teaching. I don't think today I'm going to hand you a microphone, and you're just going to unpack everything in your life, right? That is not what the text is speaking about. But there is something about being in relationship with the Father and relationship with someone in the body of Christ that you love enough and care enough about that you could be just as honest with them as you are with God. As a matter of fact, in the book of James, listen to what James says to his congregation. Book of James, James after Hebrews. Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another. I love all the one another's in Scripture. So I want you to think about fellowship, that we get to do this one another thing, that we can worship together, we speak with one another, we share life with one another, we get to laugh with one another, we can cry with one another. God has designed this thing we call the church or the bride of Christ to to have fellowship. We are created for relationships. Somebody say amen. Can you imagine what it would be like to live life and not have a church family that you could have fellowship with? To pray for one another, to be there for one another, to cook banana pudding for one another. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. And so think about this. Have you ever really thought that God wants us to be so in tune with him that we could be that transparent? Now, I'm not saying that you do this with your Sunday school class, I'm not saying that you do this publicly necessary in the church body, although if your sin is against the body, your your confession should be toward the body. If your sin is toward a person, then you go to that person, Matthew chapter 18, right? And so I want you to think this morning about fellowship. I mean, watch, look, look closely at all the we's in the text. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have no fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus His son cleanses us from all sin. If we say, are you with me? You you get that? There's a lot of we's in this text. Which means that part of what we're going to get to do in just a few minutes as we hold that little cracker and that juice in our hands today, we are remembering what Jesus did, but we, we get to do that together. And there is fellowship that we have. But the only way that you experience that fellowship is through confession. So in just a few minutes, I'm going to ask you to have a time of confession. That you can just sit still before the Lord. One writer said it this way. He viewed this text like a banquet feast. So for just a minute, think of the nicest place you've ever had a meal. You got it? So it's nice. Here is the most tasty food you've ever had. 
The centerpieces are immaculate. You can smell fresh cut flowers and you see the, the silverware and the fine. I mean, you, you just, it is, it is amazing. But then think off to the side are these little, dark, dingy rooms. And they're crowded with shame and failures. Which, which room do you want to be in? Do you want to go to the banquet? Do you want to sit at the feast? Or do you want to kind of back up and find yourself in one of those dark little rooms. So here is the bottom line. Which one are you going to choose this morning? The banquet feast or the dark room? And the key is the confession of sin. Fellowship. Fellowship with him, but fellowship with each other. What's the second word? Forgiveness. So here's the deal. Verse 7 says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sins. It's the forgiveness that we have in Jesus where he would cleanse us of all of our sin when Jesus cleanses us several things happen this thing called justification so Ken what is that in other words you were guilty but God set you free you ever watch law and order okay and all of a sudden here's the defense attorney and he does his job and this person who's been who's been accused of something he didn't do it and he proved his innocence but here's the problem you and I did do something right We were guilty of our sin, but Jesus did something for us that we could not do for ourselves. He goes to the cross, he bleeds, he dies, he gets up on the third day, and here's what he does. He presents himself to the Father. And then when you and I come to him in faith and ask forgiveness and cleansing of sin, the Bible is really true when it says that if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin. God works some of his greatest work when you and I confess our sin. Why? Because then he justifies us from that sin. As though you never, ever even did it. The Bible says he cast our sea in the sin of his forgetfulness. As far as the east is from the west. I like that. So when I've been cleansed, I'm justified. I've been cleansed, which means I've been adopted. I was in the devil's family. I got saved and got in God's family. I've been adopted. I've been adopted. Think about that. That God would come to you. That God would seek you out. That God would choose to love you with an unimaginable love. That he would pick you up and hold you close and say, you are my very own. I've not just been justified. I've also been adopted. And then there's this thing called reconciliation. Which means I've been restored in right relationship to God. Why? All because I have been cleansed of my sin. Years ago, I, I, mean, I still, I don't know, I, don't, I really don't ever want to grow up all the way. I think that would be an incredible waste. 
So there's a part of me, I'm, I'm just, I am this 15, 16-year-old kid trapped in this body, all right? I really am. And I used to love going with our, so, so early in ministry, maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but early in ministry, I started out in music, and then I went into youth work, and so that's really where my passion was, and it started for, for, for studying and preaching was when I was around students. And so I love being, I still to this day still love being around young people and students, and I still love going to youth camp. I love lock-ins. I know that is warped, but I do. I'm telling you, I love every minute of it. And so I love going. And so we had a beach camp, and, and we would do different things. But the highlight, gosh, of those years was going to that beach camp. And, and, man, we would just take all these kids and people from our church and guests from other areas of the community. And, man, we saw kids grow in their walk with, with Jesus. We saw kids come to faith in Christ. And, and I just remember one year, you know, we would we'd have all these different teams, and every team would have a color, and then every team would come up with their own name. They would, they would do their their own flag. I mean, it was just so much fun. And, and, and so our youth guy at that time, his name was Toby. And, and Toby was just one of my dearest friends. But here's what Toby did. Toby decided everything. If he wanted your team to win, you'd win. If he didn't want your team to win, you were not going to win, all right? And so he would just rig it all the time. He would just rig it up all the time. Well, that particular year, he rigged it in such a way, my team was not going to win. And that meant on the last night, all of the adults, whoever lost, whatever team lost, you were going to get pied. All right? And so my team, about five adults, we're standing in front of like a couple of hundred kids, and we are getting waylaid. It is one pie after the other in the face. It is everywhere. And then when the kids walked off, we had the most wonderful old-fashioned food fight with all these adults you've ever seen in all your life. And I'm telling you, we were as nasty from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet. We were nasty, and it was starting to stink. And, and, and we thought, man, we, this is awful. You know what we did? We ran across the street and jumped in the ocean. I thought, that's the quickest way to get clean, right? I was dirty and I was nasty. I went in dirty and nasty. But when I got up out of that water, I was clean. When I came to Jesus, I was dirty, and I was nasty. But on June 11, 1978, I went down into the sea of his forgetfulness, just like Raven demonstrated for us this morning. I went down rotten, nasty, and dirty, but I came back up alive and clean in him. If you're saved, guess what? The same thing happened to you. And guess what? I still need to go back to the ocean every now and then. If you say you have no sin, the Bible says you've deceived yourself. And if you believe that deception long enough, here's the sad part about that. One verse says you can deceive yourself 
But if you keep letting that happen and you hear the truth and you resist the truth over and over and over, the end of that text says that you will come to a place where you will call God a liar. That you don't need grace. That you don't sin. That you have achieved a state of perfection. I don't want to burst anybody's bubble. Probably shouldn't say this on a day y'all voting on me. <laughs> y'all good-looking people, but there ain't no perfect person in this room, right? So that's one thing all of us had in common. Doesn't matter how much money you got. Doesn't matter if you're male, female. Doesn't matter if you're a gamecock or a tiger. Doesn't matter what you are. Without Jesus, we're lost and undone. We're walking in darkness, but with confession of sin. The moment you say, Jesus, I am. See, confession is agreeing with what God has already said. Now, let let me say this real quick. Admission and confession are not the same thing. Some of us would admit that we're sinners. And some of us would admit the sin that we have the worst time with. But we have no intention of letting God deal with it. So we put a band-aid on it. We call that morality. My prayer is that the Lord would rip the band-aid off and that we understand the power of true confession. One, we, we confess our sin to God, yes. But let me ask you, do you have somebody in your life that you have such sweet fellowship with that you could tell them everything that you tell Now, I'm not saying do that in your Sunday school class. I saw that happen one time. This guy had an issue with lust, and he stood up in front of his Sunday school class and said, I just want everybody to know. Now, can you imagine what every female thought, right? They were hunting for their time. They they were looking for the jacket and everything else, right? That's not what, but, but. What if I had such a friend in Scott that I could tell him anything and everything? I know that I confess my sin to God, but in in spiritual fellowship as a disciple, I need some flesh and blood. I need somebody to be Jesus right in front of me who will love me enough to keep me accountable and I can confess my sin to you. Now, I'm not saying that you need 10 people, but I'm telling you, every person in this room needs at least one person in your life that you could be that committed and accountable to. Wow. You're talking about fellowship. See, y'all thought when I said fellowship, you see, you went straight to the banana pudding, didn't you? You went, oh, banana pudding, we get together, we go on trips, we look at leaves. No, 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 no. Those are good things, and there's nothing wrong with any of those things. 
But the fellowship he's talking about runs much deeper. And so this morning, oh, Susan, you did it to me, didn't you? See, last week she said, I can't hear you when you get down there. And I laid this over here just so I could speak to her. And there she is right there. (laughs) I'll remember that. So, So when I think about the elements, when I think about his body that's been broken, when I think about the blood that he has shed, When I think about Calvary, when I think about the baptism, which, by the way, did you realize that baptism is a picture of the gospel? Death, burial, and resurrection. Everything we've done today has been centered around the gospel. And so, in the quietness of this moment, I'm just asking you to think about these elements and is there, is there anything in your heart? Matthew Henry, let me, let me just, I'll end with this. Matthew Henry, first, the first commentary I ever got, my dad, my dad gave me my very first commentary. And it was a Matthew Henry commentary. I still have that commentary today. Here's what Matthew Henry said about this passage. A great part of our worthiness lies in an acknowledgement and confession of our own unworthiness. In, in the book of 1 Corinthians, I, I, I just like using that passage. But it does say, let a person examine himself in. And so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For if anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment upon himself. One translation, a King James translation would say worthy or unworthy. And so I just want us just to have a few moments just to to be quiet before the Lord. And I'm asking you to examine your heart as you prepare to feast around the Lord's table. And you can't feast unless you accept the invitation for confession. So let's do that right now. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit would just take a good look at us, open us up like a book. Lord, maybe the Holy Spirit has already shown us some things even during the, maybe it was at baptism, the Holy Spirit began to speak. Maybe it was during the praise through song that, Lord, you began to speak. 
Maybe it's through the preaching of your word. God, you began to speak. Lord, it could have been just as soon as someone drove up on the premise today. God, you began to speak. And Lord, we pray that you would examine our heart. Lord, if there be anything that does not look like yourself. God, we pray that that would be removed. We, we confess that to you. We agree with you that it is so. Lord, we don't want to play with it. We don't want to justify it. We don't want to make jokes about it. God, we agree with you. Sin can break our fellowship. And so, God, examine our hearts today. And, Lord, I pray that we would just come clean before you and that you, you would do what you say in your word, that you would cleanse. Lord, thank you. Thank you that if we come again and again and again and again and again, you would constantly be there to hear our confession and to cleanse us of our unrighteousness. Jesus, thank you that you paid it all. And all to you we owe. And Lord, may we learn what true fellowship is. And God, when that happens, we believe the spiritual temperature of this body will increase like never before. So Lord, thank you for hearing our hearts. Thank you for hearing our prayers. And Lord, we pray that we take worthily today. For I received from the Lord that also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I, I know today's been a little bit different. It's uh, not the norm. And I've never done what I'm getting ready to do now. Not, not really. I want us to stand and... Um, Arena, you can just play whatever you want to play. But I want to give an invitation. Somebody may need to be saved. Somebody may need prayer. Somebody may need to join this fellowship. And I don't know of a better day to meet Jesus. I don't know a better day to get right with him. And I don't know of a better day to anchor in to what God is doing right here at Poplar Springs than right now.
So just as soon as she plays, I'm going to step down here. If you need me, I'll be here. You may not need me. But I'm asking you to trust the Lord with what you need to do right now. to play let me share with you this is Timmy Zach Sandy Mason and Brit Braden and this family's already been through PS 101 and they want to be members here at Popper Springs and they both want to follow the Lord and believers baptism Amen, amen, amen. We'll set all that up. We'll get it all worked out. But amen. I'm going to let Miss Brenda get some information from you right quick, okay? God bless you. And I'm so excited about that. Amen and amen. this time, I would like to rec not recognize Brother Bud. There he is. Oh, I, I recognize him. Thank you for this, Bud. With 97.3% of the vote, Ken Forrester is our pastor.
Yes. Do I hear a motion that we, a new too? Could I have? I would like to have a motion that we accept these as our new members. Do I have a motion? Second. By acclamation. You want to say anything? Bud needs to adjourn the meeting before we, we've been in a meeting since. <laughs> Motion to adjourn. Second. Second. All in favor? Let's play aye. Anybody got an alternate situation? <laughs> oh, listen, I know it's, it's time to go, but I just want to tell you um, I'm very humbled by today, and I'm very humbled to, uh, to be your pastor. And so I, I mean that. I mean that. So I hope you know what you have done. Because <laughs> it's time to go to work. All right? There's a, there, there's a lot we have to do. And uh, God's given us a unique opportunity right here to be a part of kingdom life and kingdom work, and that's what we want to see. I, I pray that we would see a day where every Sunday we're baptizing. I pray that God would give us a season like that. And I, I want to see this place flooded with little kids and big kids and 60-year-old kids who've never grown up, all right? But this is his church, right? It's his church. And I believe God has great things in store. And so we're humbled by this. We are incredibly excited. I woke up at 4 o'clock this morning, could not go back to sleep. And uh, I, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm pumped. I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready. But I, I need you to hear this. I need all of you. We need each other. And we're going to do this. We're going to do it together. Right? We're going to do this together. So to God be the glory. Amen. Amen. Mark Brown, come. Anybody else from this team? I think Alan's in here. And maybe there's some other. If there's anybody else on this search team, if you just can dream, I see you. I might not see everybody, but I see you. Come on up here, Robin. Oh, we got the hell, hell, the gang's all here. Barry. Oh, he's in the box. He's in the aquarium. <laughs> you should have seen the mess we had cleaning that thing out. Listen, can we give them a hand? I mean, have the guy. Wow. So Donna Tucker, the seat of authority, was talking to me on the phone one day this week when I wasn't here, and she told me that Barry had come by and stuck his head in the, in the office and said, I have brothers and sisters for eternity because of this experience that just brought us closer together. So God is good. And all the time. Mark, why don't you pray us out of here?
Let's pray. Dear God, we love you. Oh, Lord, we love you. And we honor you. We thank you so much, Lord, for Ken and Pat. We thank you for their excitement, their energy, their boldness. Most of all, we thank you for their love for you. And Lord, we pray that you will bless them, that you will guide them, that you will help them as they search for a home, as you help them as they uh, go through the moving process. I pray for Ken as he um, leaves his job. And Lord, we pray for your guidance for this church. Lord, help us to be the witnesses that you need us to be. Help us to share your love with others. Help us to join together and be in complete unity, Lord, in serving you and keeping our eyes on you. Let us always keep our eyes on you, Lord. And Lord, thank you for this day. We ask this in your most precious name. Amen.